Welcome to the Keisha Wright Show, a weekly faith-based podcast for sisters, where we talk about everything concerning women. You name it, we'll cover it. There's no issue or topic off limits to God. And on this podcast, we'll expand the conversations. I'm your host and humble servant, Keisha Wright, licensed mental health therapist in the state of Maryland and transformation coach. As a therapist, it is my responsibility to advise you that this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for services from your very own mental health professional. Hello, 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 beautiful people. It's me, it's Keisha, your humble servant and host. And as always, I want to thank you for listening to my show. And I want you to know how much I really, really appreciate you for tuning in and for supporting me. So I always start with the self-check segment and nothing is going to change about that. So This is the time in the podcast where I ask you, how are you doing? How are you really doing? And so what I want you to do is evaluate what's going on with you. Are you okay? Are you really okay? And if you're not, what's going on with you? And I do this because as women, we tend to take care of everyone else. And we neglect ourselves. So I want you to take the time to think about what's going on with you. And so last week, I introduced us um, evaluating matters of the heart. And I asked you to evaluate the matters of your heart and how these matters have influenced your thoughts and your behaviors. And so the bottom line is, I wanted to know You know, if you identified some things that are going on with you that are negatively impacting your thoughts and your behavior, my question to you is, what are you doing about it? You know, the first part is to just recognize it, which is why we have these self-check segments. Just recognize it. And then the second part of that is, what are you going to do to make whatever is happening better? It's not about guilt. It's not about shame. It's not about condemnation. It is simply about being able to identify certain areas of our lives that may need adjustment so that we can have a better quality of life. So that was last week. So this week, you know, it's, it's, it's in the same family, but I want to hone in on our thinking during this week's self-check segment. My question to you is, um, how are you thinking? What, what are you thinking about? What are your thoughts? Um, specifically, as you, as you reflect on your thoughts, I want you to think about these questions. Are my thoughts positive or negative? And I'm, and I'm asking you to lean to one side or the other because I know that all of us have both. But primarily, are your thoughts positive or negative? Question two, are you even aware of your thoughts? And if so, are you able to control your thoughts or do your thoughts control you? Are you aware of your thoughts? And if you are, are you able to control your thoughts 
or do they control you? And question number three, are you aware of how your thoughts make you feel? And I ask those three questions because a lot of times we don't think about our thinking. We just let these thoughts come and we roll with them, whether they're off or not. You know, our thoughts are controlling us and we don't realize how much. And so um, psychologist by the name of Albert Ellis, he's an American psychologist. He coined the phrase and we say and I've heard it through the years and I never knew that the phrase was actually um, coined by a, a psychologist. He called it stinking thinking and stinking thinking, according to to Dr. Ellis, it's the human tendency to persistently engage with thoughts that do not serve us. Stinking thinking, according to Dr. Albert Ellis, it describes the human tendency to persistently engage with thoughts that do not serve us. Is that you? Are you engaging in a lot of thoughts that do not serve you? I found another quote that I thought was really, um, was really good and worth me mentioning. It, it was coined by Henry Ford, the founder of Ford Motor Company. And Mr. Ford said, whether you think you can or you think you cannot, you're right. Whether you think you can or you think you cannot, you're right. And I know everybody wants to say, oh, you know, that's not right. But honestly, if you think about it, it is. It's what you think. What you think is what it is. If you think that you can, then you're right. You can. And if you think that you cannot, you're right about that. You cannot. Not because you can't really do it, but because your thoughts are hindering you. Because you think it, you're right. Hmm, you might catch that later, but I want you to give some thought to that. And I want to add, I want to add something else to Mr. Ford's, um, uh, his phrase, whatever you think you are or are not, you're right. Whatever you think you are, that's what you are because that's what you think. Even though others of us can see there's something different, whatever you think that you are not, That's what you are not. Why? Because that's what you think. And so, you know, I, I, I really need you to evaluate your thinking, evaluate your thinking. And so this week's episode, as I told you last week, it was going to be a part two. The name of this week's episode is matters of the heart part two. But before I go into what I want to talk about this week, I'm going to give you a quick update on or a quick summary on what we talked about last week. Last week was matters of the heart part one. And I talked about Proverbs 423. It says, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Out of your heart are the issues of life. Jeremiah 17 verse nine. It says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And then Mark seven Mark chapter seven, verses 20, 21, 22, and 23, it reads, and he said, that which cometh out of the man that defileth the man for from within, out of the heart of men 
proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, and evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. And what I did last week is I went through each one of those things and gave you a little bit of information um, on each one. And so if you did not catch that episode, you might want to actually listen to that one before you listen to this one because they go together. So this week's episode is, like I said, Matters of the Heart Part 2. And we're going to focus on uh, thoughts. We're going to we're going to focus on evil thoughts. And when you look at Mark 7 verses 20 through 23, the first thing that the Lord named for from within out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts. And I don't think that 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 was a mistake. I think that 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 the Lord was very deliberate in having this written in this way. Evil thoughts come first. And and as a result of the thoughts, you have the adultery, the fornication, murders, thefts, covetousness. All of it starts with the evil thought. And so last week I talked a little bit about that word evil and how it trips us up. It does not mean that you are an evil person. What, What that means is that the evil thought is any thought that does not align itself with the word of God. Right. And so we're going to focus on thoughts today. Evil thoughts, as I defined last week, is internal discussions. I want you to remember that as I go deeper. Internal discussions, debate, disputes, imagination, and reasonings that are depraved. Depraved means wicked and destitute of holiness. Injurious. Uh, I'm I'm telling you about the evil thoughts now. Um, They're depraved, which is wicked and destitute of holiness. They're injurious, meaning pain to the body or mind. It impairs or destroys. These are the thoughts. It tarnishes reputations, disturbs happiness, retards prosperity, or defeats the success of a good cause. That's what evil thoughts does. Evil thoughts are harmful, which means hurtful, noxious, detrimental, mischievous, and evil thoughts are noisome, meaning unwholesome, destructive, and offensive. I really want you to understand the power of your thoughts and the role that the thoughts are playing in some of the things that are mentioned in Mark 7. Well, not in some, in all of the things that are mentioned in Mark 7 verses 20 through 23. So I just gave you a definition of what evil thoughts um, is. Listen, a corrupt heart sends forth corrupt reasonings reasonings. We're talking about those thoughts. And then the, the, the corrupt reasonings lead to corrupt appetites and passions, and then to corrupt words and behaviors. God himself said that out of our hearts are the issues of life. As a result of our corrupt hearts, we have distorted thoughts, which lead to misbehavior. And so in talking about evil thoughts, that's the very first thing that, that, that is mentioned in Mark 7 that defiles us from within. It's the thoughts. And so what I want to do in this week's episode is um, talk a little bit about how 
the, the, the issues of the heart that are mentioned in Mark, how they get there. H- how do these defiled hearts, how, how do these issues that are within us that defile us, how do they get there? And I already gave you the answer. It begins with our thinking. It begins with our thinking. And so a lot of times we have people telling us, you know, like you gotta, you gotta change your thinking. You gotta change your thinking. You gotta change your thinking. The question then becomes how I always say that, like, you know, we can always tell someone what we, what they need to do, but sometimes we really need to tell them how to do it. Like what's going on. And I'm not saying that I'm going to be able to say all of that in this episode. What I want to challenge you to do in this episode is if you recognize yourself anywhere in here and you are having thoughts that are, um, are, are defiling you, get the help that you need to rehabilitate your thoughts. And I use that word rehabilitate very deliberately because it boggles me how we are always so willing to do the work that we need on our physical bodies to get, to get better, but we won't do the same thing with our thoughts, with our minds. We won't do it. And so when we experience certain things in our lives, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but I'm going with the flow. When we experience certain things in our lives, um, they, they cause us a whole lot of pain, a whole lot of emotional pain. Just like when we have accidents, it causes us physical pain. Like if you break your leg or break your arm or, you know, God forbid something like that happens, you go for rehab so that you can get that limb or whatever, so that you can get it back to full functionality. Why don't we do that with our minds? When our minds have been damaged, when our minds and our emotions have been hurt, Why don't we take the necessary steps to rehabilitate our mind just as we would a body part? It's just as important, in my opinion, even more important. So what I want you to come away from this episode with uh, it with is improved metacognition. And what is metacognition? It simply means an awareness and understanding of one's own thought processes. That's what metacognition is. And that word is, is used mostly with it, you know, as it relates to learning. Right. But this is so it's, it's so applicable to what I'm talking about today. Like, I want you to start thinking about your thinking. I want you to be more aware of what you are thinking about and try to gain an understanding of where these thoughts are coming from so that you can correct them and clean up those things that are within us that defile us. So the word I want you to think about as I talk about this, or, you know, like even after you listen to this podcast, I really want you to think about improved metacognition, which is simply awareness and understanding of your own thoughts. So why is metacognition important in everyday life? Not just as it relates to learning. Why is it important? Metacognition enables you to quality control your thinking. I love that. And I wish I didn't make it up. 
I, I just found it on Google. This is the definition that I, I decided to go with on Google. Metacognition enables you to quality control your thinking and reasoning and then redirect your cognition and behavior to improve the quality of your life, especially your chances of successfully achieving your goals, right? Let me say that again. Metacognition enables you to quality control your thinking. Like is your thinking quality? We have a high quantity of thoughts. Like we're thinking all day long. Are your thoughts quality? So metacognition, being aware of your thoughts enables you to quality control your thinking and reasoning and then redirect your cognition and behavior to improve the quality of your life, right? So in order to deliberately employ metacognition, you need to be conscious of what you are speaking to yourself. What are you saying? And so when I say, what are you saying? Don't, don't, I don't want to lose you. I'm not talking about, I am including, but not only talking about the words that come out of your mouth. I'm talking about your inner voice. What is your inner voice saying to you? What are you saying to yourself? And do you really fully understand that when you talk to yourself, those, those voices that are going on in your head, you're also listening. And I don't know. I mean, it's, it sounds, you know, it's very simple what I'm saying, but I'm telling you, we don't think about these things. When you are having these internal dialogues with yourself, you're also listening. And, and a lot of times when we, when we don't, you know, reason our thoughts with other people, Whatever we come up with in our minds becomes our truth and we begin to live it out. Yeah, that happens. And as a result of that, those thoughts that we've had that have been distorted, that were never corrected, that were born out of painful places, they are now the things that are within us that are defiling us. It's what's in us that defiles a man. And those things are lodged in our hearts, right? And so I want you to understand that talking to yourself, it's a very powerful tool. It's a very powerful tool. The thing is, though, we have to be aware of the content. The talks that we have in our, in our inner, the inner voice, the talks that we have with ourselves, that dialogue, of course, is coming from our thoughts. That's where it begins. It's coming from our thoughts. And so it's powerful to have when you have positive self-talk, you know, positive self-talk is powerful, but so is negative self-talk. So talking to yourself is a powerful thing. But it depends, it can go either way. It can be positive, it could be negative, depending on the content. So what kind of talks, my sisters, are you having with yourself? Are you, are you saying mean, evil, nasty things to yourself? Is your opinion of the world and, and, the, and people that you come in contact with is it always negative? Like, if so, then why? 
what happens? No, not what happens. What happened? Who happened that causes you to have, you know, thoughts that are, are just not positive. So I mentioned last week that a lot of the issues of our heart, a lot of the things that, that we, we identified in Mark seven, a lot of those things, um, a lot of those conditions I said last week, we have been hurt into meaning we have experienced things in our lives and we have had thoughts about those things and we have had dialogue with our, with ourselves about those things, negative dialogue. And then we begin to act out those things and we've never had correction. We've never had anybody process, help us process through these things. And now these things are within us and they're defiling us. Right. And so to go a little bit deeper in my explanation, um, I want to talk about cognitive behavioral therapy and, and, and it's all about cognition. You're thinking cognitive behavioral therapy is a type of psychotherapy that aims to help us notice our negative thoughts and feelings and then reshape them in a more positive way. It, it teaches you CBT cognitive behavioral therapy teaches you how these thoughts and feelings affect your behavior. Now, you know, I am a firm believer of uh, cognition and thinking and the importance of, of, of our thoughts and the role that our thoughts play in, in, in everything, every aspect of our lives. And for a lot of us, we have these things within us that defile us because our thoughts are just off. And so once we, you know, can get, gain a better handle on, on our, on our cognition, um, we can heal in different areas because we're looking at things from a different perspective. Right. And so with CBT, it focuses more on your present instead of your past. And the whole idea of CBT is to help you cope with troubling situations in a healthy and effective manner. And so a lot of us, you know, with the things that we've gone through in our, in our past, our perspective, it's just not healthy. And, and it's, and it's understood. It's, it's, I mean, it's very much understandable. And so, um, I wanted to mention CBT. I wanted to mention cognition, which again, is just our thoughts. And I want to provide for you. I want to give you a model, um, uh, uh, the ABC model, which is a CBT, uh, technique. And it, and it, and it's, and it talks about, it kind of gives us a, a framework, so to speak on how to think about our thoughts and the impact that our thoughts have on our lives. And so with the ABC model, I mean, and you know, this has been expounded upon and this, again, it was created by Dr. Albert Ellis. I mentioned him earlier, um, the ABC model is simply this and, and listen, follow me. I'm not, it's, it's not real scientific, but it's going to explain to you how you or why you may be stuck in certain areas and why you have these things within you that are now defiling you. It's not just because you woke up one day and say, Oh, I want to be this person. I want to do this. I want to be covetous. I want to, 
you know, I want to have this issue and I want to have that issue. I want to have evil thoughts. I want to be an adulterer. I want to be a fornicator. Like that's not generally how that happens. We usually end up in those places because of the things that we have been through. And so here is the ABC model, right? So Dr. Ellis says that, um, you know, it starts with an activating event, like our thought processes and our emotions and our behaviors. It all starts with an, an adverse or activating event. That's the A. So that means something happens as a result of what happens. You have now developed beliefs surrounding that event. And in your beliefs, it can be obvious things or underlying thoughts about situations, about yourself and about others. And C is the consequences, which includes your behavior or emotional responses right? And so that's the basis of it. It's your A, which is the event, the adversity or the activating event. B are your beliefs. You know, these things start, begin to create your belief system. And then C are the consequences, your emotions or your behaviors. And so, you know, there are a lot of different theories about, you know, your thought processes and all of that kind of stuff, but I want to go just I want to expound just a little bit more. So you have the activating event and there's a lot of, you know, like back and forth on whether the emotion comes first or the thinking. I tend to think that, um, and you know, I have not done any research, so this is not the law, but I tend to think that the emotion comes first and then the thought like the emotion is something that, you know, when something adverse happens, the emotion happens. I think the emotion happens even before you have time to think about it. Like you just feel it. It's, you can't control it. You just feel it. And then after that emotion comes, then the thought that explains the emotion or the situation happens. And then whatever that thought is, it, it's, it's how we begin to speak to ourselves. We're talking about the consequences and how we begin to behave. So let me see, can I come up with a quick example? And I'm trying to think of real clients. Um, so I have a, I have a client who, who her husband, let's, it's a, it's a case, not her husband, her, her father was unfaithful to her mother. And unfortunately she became her mother's confidant and she was way too young for this. She knew all of the gory details of her father's unfaithfulness, right? So that's the adverse uh, that's the adverse event. As a result, her parents divorce, which is a, a continuation of the adverse event. Her emotion was a whole lot of pain, a whole lot of suffering to include blaming herself to include, um, you know, now not really liking a man that she loved so much because she was a daddy's girl. Um, those, though, the anger, um, the fear about what her new life was going to be now that her, her parents were, were separating. Those are some of the emotions. The, the thinking that came after that is, you know, and she didn't realize this, of course, until her adult life, she can't trust men. You know, if I can't, if my father did this, who this loving father who destroyed our family, if he did this, I can't trust men. Her behavior 
she does not have successful relationships. She sabotages her own relationships. She is, um, she does not believe in, in, in marriage. You know, in fact, she, she, she participates in activities that she just should not with other people's husbands and things like that. And so that is that thing that is defiling her from within. You know, she had an adverse event. As a result of the ad adverse event, she felt some emotion. As a result of the emotion and the pain, she developed some thinking. As a result of the thinking, she now has behaviors. And because none of this has ever been corrected, the thinking has been reinforced over years. So now she comes to a therapist who is now charged with trying to help her resolve some of the issues related to the divorce of her parents, the way that her mother leaned on her during that time, you know, and trying to work through that pain to undo her thinking because there are good men out here. There are good husbands out here that don't cheat. And she does not have to sacrifice having a healthy relationship for fear of what happened, what happened to her mother happening to her. I, I hope that you get it. But it started with the adverse event and the thoughts that she has related to that adverse event. event. And so that's how it happens. It's, it's, it's the activating event. It's the belief system that, that comes as a result. And then it's the consequences, the way you begin to act it out. And so it, you know, most studies show that B, the belief, the thought is the most important component in this whole model. It's not the adverse event and it's not really the behaviors that come as a result. It's the thinking it is the thinking, it's the evil thoughts, the thoughts that do not line up with the word of God. And so that is what, you know, I'm talking about when I say the distorted thoughts, like this example that I just gave you, this young lady came away from that horrific experience with distorted thoughts. I believe if I remember correctly, she was like nine or 10. When all of this started happening, she did not have the wherewithal to process through that. And she has been carrying the, these thoughts, you know, and of course she's been building upon them and building upon them up through, you know, and she's, she's still relatively young, mid to late twenties. And she has not been able to recover from what she experienced from that adverse event. And as a result she has some thinking going on within her that is defiling her and causing her to act in ways that she should not be acting. And she needed someone to help her make sense of all of that. She's not a bad person. She's not. She loves the Lord, but this is an area that she needs help with. And so we can always tell people to stop doing this and to, you know, you got to think differently. You have to do that. But sometimes people are not even aware of why they're thinking the way that they're thinking and they need help with working through it. And so I said all of that to say, if this is you, 
if this is you, if you know that your thinking is slightly off and you may not even know that, you know, you may not have even been able to connect the dots between the thought and the behavior, but you know, right from wrong. And you know, if you are behaving in such a way that does not line up with the word of God, if your behavior is off and it doesn't line up with the word of God, get some help with figuring out where this started and, and what thoughts need to be restructured. What thoughts need to be reshaped so that you can view things differently so that these distorted thoughts that you have as a result of adverse events, these thoughts that now exist as a result of your activating event, your adverse event, so that these thoughts will not continue to defile you from within. So now I want to wrap this up and to wrap it all up, I'm going to give you some scripture to consider, um, on thinking and speaking. And so I'm going to start with, um, the thinking scriptures, Romans 12, two is what I'm going to start with. And it says, and be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Like we have heard this scripture a million times, but I really want you to think about it in a different way. Renewing your mind. It says, but be ye transformed, transform. What are we trying to transform? We're trying to transform those things that are within us that defile us. How do we do it? By renewing our mind. What does that mean? By gaining, getting a hold of our thinking, our thought processes towards certain things. That is what's going to help us clean ourselves up so that we can get these things that defile us out of us so that we can heal. It starts with transforming, trans thinking about transforming those things by the renewing of your mind. So that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Another thinking verse. I'm only going to give you three of each. Well, actually, is this three? Maybe. Yeah, it's three. Second Corinthians 10, four and five. Another very familiar verse. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Strongholds are those thoughts, casting down imaginations, your thoughts, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, knowledge, your thoughts, and bringing into captivity, capturing the thought is what it's saying, every thought to the obedience of Christ. So if your thoughts are not lining up with the word of God, this is a reason why we are, why we are defiled. You have to cat literally, this is metacognition. How can you capture a thought if you're not aware of it? Remember earlier in the episode, I talked about metacognition, which simply means being aware of your thinking. The only way that you can bring a thought into captivity is to be aware of it. Be aware of your thoughts. And, and bring it into captivity, um, every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Your thinking has to line up with the word of God. And when your thinking begins to line up, 
your behavior changes, right? And so then I'm going to go to Philippians 4 and 8, another very um, familiar scripture. Finally, brethren, this scripture tells us what to think on. And I think I, you know, I refer to these scripture in earlier episodes. Your thinking is everything. Your thinking, I'm telling you, is everything. Finally, brethren, Philippians 4 a says, Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. He's even telling us what to think on. Listen, let's get our thoughts in order. I am so excited because it can be done. We can clean it up. We can clean that stuff up that's going on on the inside. We can do it. So let me, let me, um, I want to go into my speaking scripture because remember I said, when we start thinking it, we start talking to ourselves about it. We begin to ruminate on these things, meaning we are thinking about it over and over. We begin to have dialogue on it and we're reinforcing the more we think it, the more we talk to ourselves about it. We're not getting opinions from others or we're talking to people who are also reinforcing these thoughts and it solidifies itself in our minds. And then it begins to defile us on the inside and we begin to act out the behavior. We have to watch what we are saying to ourselves. So what is, what are some scriptures about what we are saying? Ephesians 429, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. We always think that the hearer is somebody else. You, my sister, are a hearer too. Let no communication proceed out of your mouth. When it comes out, it's not, I mean, you know, it's out of your mouth and it's out of your inner voice, that thing where we're talking to ourselves. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearer. Listen, my sister, the hearer means you too. So watch that corrupt communication that you are speaking to yourself, over yourself, into your very own life. Okay? Psalm 141, 3 and 4, verses 3 and 4. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips incline not my heart we're talking about the now he look this is the lord himself through david giving us this word incline not my heart to any evil thing he talked about the lips what he was speaking and then he talked about the heart they are connected so set a watch O lord before my mouth keep the door of my lips incline not my heart to any evil thing to practice wicked works with men that work iniquity. And I'm just going to stop. Like that's the first half of verse four. So set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth, keep the door of my lips and climb not my heart to, to anything evil to practice wicked works with men that work iniquity. Right. And then the last scripture, James three and five, I'm talking about your speaking. Even so the, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. I mean, like that tongue can set things on fire. That little, that little member can set things on fire. So we have to control this thing. And it starts with what 
is in our thoughts. We have to capture our thoughts, but how can we capture them if we're not aware? So be aware of your thinking. And so I'm going to end with this. I love this quote by uh, Lao Tzu. And that's literally how you say his last name, T-Z-U. He says, watch your thoughts. They become your words. Watch your words. They become your actions. Watch your actions. They become your habits. Watch your habits. They become your character. Watch your character. It becomes your destiny. And so I said all of that to say, sisters, listen, we have got to get a hold of these distorted thoughts that we have been hurt into. And a lot of times it's not always um, things that we go through personally, like the example that I gave you of one of my clients, like she experienced the pain of her mother, which in turn hurt her, which has been with her for like 20 years now. And she has to go in and correct some things, you know? So listen, it's okay that you're in this space. If you found yourself anywhere in this recording, in this episode, it's okay. The good thing is that you recognize it. You recognize it. Like this is, this is like, it's exciting. You recognize it. That's the beginning. And then the next step is getting the help that you need to, to identify, challenge, and reframe these distorted thoughts so that we can heal and clean up the areas that are within us that defile us. That's it and that's all. All it is is a little bit of work, sis. Let's do it. Let's do it. And so I want you to know that I love you. I am excited about this. I, you know, that thinking thing is huge and we're going to do this. We can do it. We can do it. So let us pray. Dear Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for this opportunity to deliver this word to my sisters. I am praying, oh God, that they got as much out of this as I did, Lord, because truly, as I study your word, I have to eat it first. God, help us to correct our thoughts so that our behaviors can begin to line up with you. Our thoughts and our behaviors can be pleasing to you, oh God, and so that we can clean up those things that are within us that defile us. We thank you, oh God, that you give us an opportunity and you give us instructions in your word so that we can improve the quality of our lives. Father, we are grateful and we are committed to doing the work that needs to be done, God, so that we can be pleasing to you in Jesus name. I pray and give thanks. So, um, to end this particular episode, I want to encourage you to visit my website, to learn more about me and to stay connected. Feel free to send me an email and share your thoughts about this episode. I tell you, I'm excited about this one or any of the other episodes where all of them excite me, but I really, I really am excited about this one. So shoot me an email. Tell me about it. Tell me what you think. If you want to stay up to date on what's going on on the show, subscribe and follow me on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to rate and review me in the app as it helps spread the word and grow my listenership. Please, please, please share my podcast with everyone in your world that you think will benefit from this timely content. 
And as always, I end on this note. I thank you for tuning in and I look forward to sharing with you next week. Until then, my dear sisters, peace and love. Mm -hmm.